Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kyle Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Good morning, guys. Thank you, worship team. So good. Merry Christmas Eve. My name is Kyle, and I'm one of the pastors here. Over the next 20 minutes, my heart is to open up some of the treasures that I've found in a very old Christmas hymn entitled, O Holy Night. And if you need the sermon notes, just slip up your hand, and we'll have my beautiful wife give those to you. Brookie, you want to give out notes if people have their hands up? Her name's Brooke, but I call her Brookie. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I want to tell you what inspired this message, the short message today. I had a dramatic encounter with the presence of God about three weeks ago while worshiping along to this old song. And all I can say, guys, is that the words, the lyrics to this song suddenly became experientially real to my heart in those precious moments of worship. It was as though beams of light were shining revelation truth onto each line, each reality of this hymn. It was even as though Jesus himself was right in front of me in the living room where we were, endorsing every little lyric in those precious moments of encounter. And as a pastor of this flock, I want the same thing to happen to each one of us this morning as we have gathered together to celebrate his birth. I want the lyrics of this song to become more real than they ever have been to our hearts. I want these words to become flesh, manifest reality to our hearts and lives. More than anything, I want us to experience the Jesus who is praised and presented to us in this 180-year-old song from France. (laughs) So let's waste no time and dive right in. Good things can come out of France, by the way. (laughs) Oh, holy night. The stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining, till he, Jesus, appeared, and the soul felt its worth. Notice this archaic word, pining. This word pining is so important. Pining dramatically means to suffer a mental and physical decline because of a broken heart. Pining means to suffer a mental and physical decline because of a broken heart. And I believe no better word could describe the state of the world after 4,000 years of sin and curses and brokenness that led up to this point in history. All of humanity, picture this, was being crushed under the aggregate weight of 4,000 years 
of bad decisions. <laughs> All of them compounded together. Long, long lay the world in sin and error pining. The entire human race wallowing, as it were, in mental and physical decline, suffering from a corporate broken heart without hope and without God in the world. But then, I love how simple the remedy was to this Mount Everest of a problem. The next line presents this simple remedy. Till, let me see that till. Go back. Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Who appeared? Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. It's so simple. All the pining world needed was one, one appearance of God in the flesh. One appearance that would be so dynamic for 33 years that if received, it would lead to a complete paradigm shift of the understanding of the value, the worth of the human soul to God. The pearl of great price, the human soul. Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. And this leads us to some really good news this morning, especially for those of us who are praying for unsaved family and friends. Here's the good news. All a human soul needs to overcome the compounded effects of sin and brokenness is one supernatural appearance of Jesus. Caleb prayed for this for his unsaved friends a few weeks ago. One supernatural appearance of Jesus. If Jesus appears to them and they feel how valuable they are to him, they could be totally saved and delivered in that one moment. That's all a pining soul needs. One appearance of Jesus where his love becomes tangibly felt and transferred to their little broken heart. And I stand here as your pastor as living proof of this reality. Because this is precisely what happened to this once broken man in July of 2013. Jesus appeared in my parents' bedroom to me in the spirit. I didn't see him, but I felt him with my whole being. He showed me my infinite worth to him, even though I had done nothing for him up to that point. Over the period of about 45 minutes, he transferred his opinion of me to my heart. Total, full acceptance, full love. This one appearance of God over 10 years ago, specifically the God of unconditional love, instantly delivered me from years of alcoholism, self-hate, and brokenness. Guys, this is so real. When Jesus really appears, the soul really feels its worth. <laughs> and it can change everything for the worst of sinners. So let us pray, and pray often for real, tangible appearances of Jesus into the broken lives of the people around us. Next lines. A thrill of hope 
the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Morning. <laughs> for those of us who speak modern-day English. So, if hope is the confident expectation that good is on the horizon, what's the opposite of hope? It's when someone has the confident expectation of future doom and darkness. It's that darkness of depression and a what's-the-point-of-living mindset. And let me just tell you, as a youth pastor, someone paying attention to the world scene, there is a nihilistic what's-the-point-of-anything mindset that is spreading rapidly throughout the earth today, even in the church. And the corrupt governments and the corrupt world systems are only accelerating this pandemic of hopelessness. That was the real pandemic of 2020. So how does one overcome the darkness of despair? Well, again, all a soul needs to break free from this dark mindset is one liberating sunrise, S-O-N rise, of Jesus in their hearts as the morning star. Yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Jesus, as the living God, has the infinite ability to release a fresh thrill of hope to deliver people from pits, dark, deep pits of hopelessness. I believe Jesus, even now, wants to flex his muscles in this Christmas season to release a fresh thrill of hope in the hearts of people who may find themselves in a disillusioned season of a what's-the-point attitude. Let's pray for that right now. Let's just, even if you want to stand up and turn around, let's extend our faith beyond this room right now. Just stretch out your hands out these windows. Let's lift up specifically any young people in our region who are wondering right now if life is worth living. There are probably hundreds of young people that may have had thoughts of suicide even today. Jesus, would you right now, through our faith, release a fresh thrill of hope to any nihilistic young person in our region? Any young person struggling with a what's-the-point mindset, would you visit them even tonight in a dream and show them that you yourself are the point of their lives? Would you visit them and show them your perfect plans to give them a future and a hope, your plans to prosper them and not to harm them? In Jesus' name, we ask for a great hope to arise, great hope to arise in this Christmas season. Amen. Y'all can sit down. Thank you. So on to the last lines of this first stanza. The last lines of this first stanza. Fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices. O oh, night divine, O oh, night when Christ was born. We see here the only appropriate response to this amount of power and love and grace that was wrapped up in this little baby's frame. What's the only appropriate response? To fall on our knees in humble reverence and worship. Now, in addition to bowing in awe, we're also commanded to hear. Hear what or hear who? Hear the angel voices. 
So what exactly did the angels say at his birth? They said a lot of things, but in Luke 2, 13 and 14, they said this. And suddenly, suddenly, there was a multitude of the heavenly angelic host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. If we look closely at this angelic refrain, we see that the angels were declaring and singing the core prayer of the entire New Testament, really the entire Bible, which is, what's the core prayer? For the realities of heaven to invade planet earth. On earth, as in heaven. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. And again, if we look all across this Bible, we see that this is primarily what God wants. What does he want? To dwell with his people in the flesh on the earth. And for all those people who truly belong to God, who truly belongs to God this morning, this is what we want the most. We don't want a promotion at our job the most. We want the Jesus of heaven to invade planet earth. And to set up his home here permanently. Who wants that the most? Sure, promotions are good, but we don't want that the most. So this is why we're commanded to hear the angel voices. They themselves are crying out for this same reality as well. This is so encouraging. What do we learn from this? A reinforcing truth that the angels of God, billions of them, Guess what? They're on our team. They're on our team. Helping us out all the time. They're helping me out right now. They're rooting for us. Billions of angels rooting for Stephen Lavaggi to dwell with God and to dwell with even them and to sing with them forever. That's pretty cool. <laughs> The angels of God are so for us this morning. That's their whole purpose of existing, to help little old us, those who will inherit salvation. Let's keep moving on to the next stanza. Truly, he taught us to love one another. His law is love, and his gospel is peace. See this Bible again? This whole law, this whole canon of Scripture is essentially... Just one big love letter from God to you, to humanity. This whole law is meant to teach us how to love God and love one another. Paul said it this way in 1 Timothy. What's the goal of our instruction? The goal of every Bible study, the goal of every church service, the goal of every discipleship hangout? To produce love from a pure heart. From a pure. Love from a pure heart. That's the goal. More love from a pure heart. That's why we have church. His law is love and his gospel is peace. His gospel is peace. What does this mean? It means that the gospel, which is translated good news. There you go. The good news of Jesus, if received and obeyed and walked out, will guarantee us peace. The gospel guarantees peace, first vertically with God and then horizontally with our relationships with other people. Peace with God, vertical, and peace with others, 
horizontal. This is the gospel of peace. But it's not just that. It doesn't stop just there. This good news of Jesus, specifically the good news of the cross, also purchased for us the ability to taste and see the powers of the age to come, which is ever-increasing measures of shalom and wholeness in our physical bodies, physical healing, deliverance in our souls, changing our mindsets. Shalom and wholeness is guaranteed from the cross, and it's guaranteed to be experienced fully as we receive what's coming for us, which is our perfected, resurrected, glorious, luminous, resurrected bodies at the return of Jesus. That is shalom, your resurrected body. You're never going to have an anxiety attack in a resurrected body. (laughs) His gospel is everlasting shalom, everlasting peace. We have a bright future, people of God. A bright, bright future precisely because of the blood of that cross that purchased for us everlasting wholeness. The next line of this song, we're almost done, continues this theme of peace, this theme of shalom or wholeness being released to human beings who need it the most. Let's look at it. I love this line. Probably my favorite line of the song. Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother. And in his name, all oppression shall cease. What a line. (laughs) When Jesus comes onto the scene of a human life, all, everyone say all. All demonic oppression must legally bow to his supreme authority. It's chains shall he break, not chains might he break. Chains he will break. And again, I love the simplicity of this line. I love how simple it is to receive real relief from real demons and real chains of oppression. It's in his name. In his name, all oppression shall cease. Jesus' name alone has the power to break all attachments, all demonic spirits that seek to oppress and bring torment on believers and unbelievers alike. And just know, guys, as a pastor, whenever there is a tormenting influence in someone's life, that is most certainly evidence that there is a demonic presence involved. The devil and his minions are masters of torment. But this is actually good news to recognize this. Because the first step to remedying a problem is to first identify the source, the root of that problem. So if the source is spiritual, guess what the remedy will be? Spiritual. Spiritual problem, spiritual remedy. Natural problem, like eating Burger King too much, natural remedy. I always pick on Burger King in my sermons. So, if the source of torment in someone's life is a demonic spirit of heaviness or fear, the remedy is the spirit of joyful praise, working through faith in Jesus' name. So, as we close, let's try this line out. Let's see if it's real and experience. In a holy way, let's put God to the test 
Let's put his name to the test. I want everyone to stand up right now. In his name, all oppression shall cease. In his name, all oppression shall cease. Let us right now, in these closing moments, access the spiritual solution to the spiritual problems that some of us may be dealing with right now. I want everyone to open up your hands, especially if you're feeling any heaviness or any tormenting oppression in this past season. Just open up your hands, just receive. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to any demonic, unclean spirits right now. So in Jesus' name, I command all spirits of heaviness to lift from the people of God. In this room, those watching online, go, flee in Jesus' name. All oppression, any unclean spirits, I put you on eviction notice right now by the name and the blood of Jesus of Nazareth. And in the places that those spirits once trespassed upon, I now ask for you, Holy Spirit, to fill that redoubt, that vacuum. I ask for a holy lightness, a holy freedom to rest upon all of us right now. In Jesus' precious name, amen. In his name, all oppression shall cease. We just stepped into his name. That's all we did. We just stepped into his name by faith. Does anyone feel lighter, a little bit better after that prayer? Just lift up your hand if you feel a little bit better or a lot better. Praise God. See, this is real. Jesus says, try me out. Take a chance on me. <laughs> Take a chance on his name. <laughs> all right, so concluding the hymn, we're about to worship to close. The last few lines of this song make a lot of sense in the context of all this great news that we just looked at. What are the last lines? Sweet. Everyone say sweet. Sweet Sweet hymns of joy. In grateful chorus raise we. Let all within us praise his holy name. Christ is the supreme Lord. Oh, praise his name forever. His power and his glory evermore proclaim. These last four lines are all about our response as grateful recipients of this indescribable gift that was wrapped up not in fancy wrapping paper. No. What was it wrapped up in? (laughs) Humble, swaddling cloths that were reserved for the sacrificial baby lambs of the Judean countryside. That's the indescribable gift of Christmas. What's the worthy response? It's for us to sing this song with a glad, a smile on our face, a sincere heart, giving our full attention and adoration to the immense treasure that was hidden in the little beating heart of this baby boy. Let all within us praise his holy name. So let's do that right now. Let's respond by singing along with O Holy Night, the song we just learned about. Let us sing. Listen to me right here. Let us sing as though these realities will actually come to pass in our lives right now. Let us sing believing that all oppression would finally cease in this Christmas season and that a thrill, a fresh thrill of hope would fill our hearts. 
Let us sing, believing that he actually wants to appear to us right now. Little old us, he wants to appear to us. And that he actually wants us to show us how valuable our souls are to him. Sterling, you can play the moment. It's only three minutes, so let's lock in. Let's sing this song in faith. Stars are brightly Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. 
to download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend. 